Hi, this is Mrs. Q-Dog, and you're listening to the third annual Rick V-Day podcast. This year, Mighty Q-Dog and his brother talk about how they got back into console gaming after many years of being PC gamers. Hello, I'm Eric, and it is that time of year again where our thoughts turn to the greatest Sega Master System pickup of all time. And of course, I am talking about Rick V-Day, which was on July 18th, 1997. This would be the 22nd anniversary, and I am once again joined by my brother, Gavin. Gavin, how are you doing? I am swell. How are you? How have things been going since the last Rick V-Day? Uh, things have been going okay, uh, I suppose. I've been really busy at work, playing fewer video games than I would have liked. No. Uh, wife had a baby, so that, that eats up a lot of time. That's right. Uh, Congratulations. I have a new nephew. Thank you. Thank you. But since the last Rick V Day, when I was visiting you in Oregon, my six-year-old has really blossomed uh, when it comes to Sega <laughs> Genesis. His career has really taken off. Yeah, uh, the Streets of Rage game, the Golden Axe games. I mean, he he's shown dedication and and aptitude in games that I thought sucked and were not worth playing at all. Uh, That's he, right. He's really put me to shame. Yeah, so, the little tyke has a healthy interest in uh, Sega Genesis, doesn't he? Yeah, he really does. It's surprising and admirable, and and you know sometimes you learn a lot from your kids, and this is one of the. <laughs> All right. All right. So in past Rick V day episodes, we've talked about sort of how we were playing our history with the master system, stuff like that. Last year, we talked about a bunch of games, but this year we're going to try something new, right? We're going to actually talk about what led us into getting back into console games after what uh, to us seemed like kind of a long hiatus and how, how that led us into Rick V day. So let's talk about, what, what kind of happened there? We, we got our Master System in 1988, and we played it for like a year. But then the Genesis came out, and we didn't have a Genesis, and the Master System just kind of, poof, kind of went away. Sega wasn't doing much with it. And uh, some time went by, right? Yeah, it, um, I mean, let me think. We got the um, Sega Master System in 1988 for Christmas. Mm-hmm. The Genesis came out, was it that later that next year, 89? It was in 89, yeah, the fall, like August of 89 or September. And I, I, our parents were like, you just got a video game system. You yeah. ain't getting another one, so don't yeah. ask. That's right. Um, and I seem to remember you saying, well, I'll save up my money. And they said, that's a great idea. Save up your own money and you still can't buy it. <laughs> um, I don't so- know if they said I couldn't. Oh, all right. I okay. Well, so we still were able to pick up a few Master System games here and there in '89 and maybe '90, but um, mm-hmm. you know, I yeah. think by the summer of 1990, Miracle Warriors was one of the last games we got, and we played That's it right. that summer. But after that, you went off to a different school. Yeah. Um, our younger brother and I, you know, we just we not that we ever really lost interest we just gradually stopped playing it and we ran out of games to play and that was it we occasionally whipped out and played fantasy zone the maze two players because it was 
you know, we, we beat Double Dragon to death. We had yeah. played that so many times. Fantasy Zone the Maze was the only other one we had. Uh, and there's only so much enjoyment you can get out of that. So eventually, we just ran out of stuff to play, and we had PC games instead. That's right. So we uh, only had like 13 Master System games or something, right? 13, and, yeah. And we ended up with Space Harrier that we picked up on a discount like at the end of 1990. Yeah. But, uh, then we lost know, it. Mom got a 386 sometime in, in 1990. Yep. And when you think about Death Track and Wing Commander and Nuclear War, you know, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we made it a relatively easy transition into PC games there for a while. That's right. And they were, uh, you know, you mentioned that maybe they weren't thrilled about us getting a new uh, video game console, but they were pretty, uh, pretty willing to let us uh, spend time on the PC, right? And in fact, we each got, um, I remember at the time it was Gateway 2000 was selling some nice systems for a pretty reasonable price. And we each got, you know, we got PCs as we went away to, to school. And so that was an easy sell, right? We, we had those and we would play games on them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember at one point we had brought the Sega and the Atari down to school and we set them up and played them a little bit, but they kind of sat there unused for a while where... Mm -hmm. You know, in the in the age of Doom and Hexen and Heretic and Rise of the Triad and all of those, you know, there was X-wing, Dark Forces, Tie Fighter. Oh yeah. I mean, this this was this was easy. We we got into games for a while. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty easy to be into PC. No, that's when. Yeah, I was super into PC games, and I consider that the golden age of PC gaming. X-wing. Wow. and doom and, and and stuff like that and um, you remember the 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 fall semester of 1995 is when warcraft 2 came out oh and yeah three of my friends flunked out of, of school <laughs> that semester and they all blamed warcraft 2 for it yeah so yeah. you know <laughs> there was a lot going on pc game wise we weren't hurting but yeah, um, there, there were warcraft games before world of warcraft it turns out Yes. Well, and, and I got a copy of Warcraft one my yes. freshman year and yeah, I could, I, that was addictive. I mean, that yeah. game was great. You gave me a copy of that and I remember playing it a lot. And when Warcraft two came out, I, I knew, uh, I knew I wanted to, to get that. I actually got that for a Christmas gift and spent a lot of time playing it, but, really? but we've jumped from, we've jumped from 89, 90 to 95 and, and we were still kind of young, right? We were teenagers and five years was, was like a lifetime, right? I mean, yeah, a quarter of our lives, roughly. And so it kind of seemed in 1995 or 1996 that, you know, the Genesis was already uh, come and gone. People were talking about PlayStation. We had been playing PC games for five years. We really weren't thinking about console games too much, except um, you were playing or we were playing. We got a demo of... We got it with the Gravis gamepad or something, right? Right. Uh, this I game. I, I bought, I wore out one Gravis gamepad, and then we went to Best Buy to get another one. And they each, they always came with a CD of, I don't know if they were shareware games or just maybe mm -hmm. low-cost games that were included in the price. But one of them was called Raptor, which was like an overhead vertical shooter game. You're flying a plane yeah. or a spaceship, and... Yeah. You know, stuff is coming down the screen at you, and you, you shoot it and blow it up. And, I mean, it was cool. It was a free game. It wasn't great. It didn't make history, but it was worth playing for a few evenings. Yeah. 
So I, I was playing that one night, and I remember you coming in and saying, oh, this kind of reminds me of Power Strike. Which is a Master System game, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the, uh, actually one of the better Master System games, in my opinion. But, uh-huh. you know, it had been sitting on our shelves for months, if not years, just not being used. That's right. And so that game, Raptor, kind of reminded me of Power Strike. And I, I was studying engineering at this time, computer engineering, software development. And I, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I wonder, these PCs should be powerful enough to be able to play, uh, to basically write an emulator. And uh, I hadn't done any research on this, but I thought, you know what? It should be possible to write a program to make it so that you can play Master System games on a PC. And uh, and that's what we had, so that's what I wanted to play on. And so I actually started uh, looking into... Um, we were at college, so we had access to relatively fast internet. Uh, Netscape was a thing. The World Wide Web, uh, as, as crazy as this sounds, had, had just been sort of developed. And we, uh, so I thought, well, why not take advantage of the internet and uh, see about this, uh, this emulation and see if there's any, I, I didn't know enough about the master system, but maybe there was some published technical information that would allow me to figure out how to write an emulator. And uh, not only did I find that information, I actually found that someone had beat me to it by several years. This, this wasn't an original idea by any means. Uh, the emulation scene was just blooming. Uh, there was Master System. There were emulation for all of the consoles at the time in 1996, so basically up to the 16-bit era. I don't think PlayStation had been done yet. N64 was a dream. Um, but some of the older systems had emulators, and so I actually downloaded one. It was called Massage, I think. It was one of the first Master System emulator I found. Yeah, and I uh, Massage. Massage, yeah. And we um, we found some ROM images, and I thought, well, this is this is fantastic. I, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. So I downloaded some ROM images of some games. I remember doing Shinobi specifically, and and playing it on my Master System or on the emulator on Massage, and then going into to your room and saying, look at that. You can't believe this. Look look what I'm doing. I'm playing Shinobi on the on the PC, and it, it's just like I remember it. And I was like, dude, get out of here. I don't care. I'm trying to play these Dark Forces homebrew levels. <laughs> who like, has time for 8-bit? Yeah, I, who cares about Sega? I, you know, Dark Forces, dude. Uh, so, but, but, you know, eventually I came around. You did. You did come around. We, um, we, uh... uh I downloaded a bunch of ROMs, and, and I started, I started trying to play them. Um, I remember Shinobi. I remember getting um, oh Spellcaster, which is a game you hate. I hate that game. And I remember our friend had it right, and so I had never gotten to play through it. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll I'll try through try to play through Spellcaster. And I was also downloading some um, some now, Genesis game uh, emulation. Now I thought you were the one who ripped and dumped Spellcaster. Was that was that out when you? No, were- no, that one that one was out. Um, Actually, we can we can talk about that briefly. Uh, there were a number of games that we had grown up playing that um, were not had not been ripped, and these things had been dumped through something called like an SMD, like a Super Magic Drive or some things I had never even heard of back in the mid '90s. An entire culture of gaming I knew nothing about, where you could copy Genesis games to floppy disks, and then they would release the ROMs. Or you could copy Master System games through the power base converter. And 
the conversion or the dumping process was pretty hit or miss. And again, I was studying engineering. So um, I actually threw together, uh, it actually took me several weeks, but I put together a device to copy SMM, sorry, uh, master system ROMs to, um, through my, uh, through, uh, I, I went to the electronics, uh, uh, parts store at the university and I grabbed some parts and I, I put together a thing and read them through my PC and I, I wrote the software in DOS that would uh, control the thing and, and dump the thing to a file. And uh, I'm not going to list which ones because I don't want to get in trouble too much, but uh, there's a couple of ROMs out there that, that I'm responsible for, uh, for uh, copying. Um, and we copied them, you know, so that we could play them. And uh, they're out there. And so uh, we were really getting into this emulation thing, and, and I was at writing an emulator at the time. So I had built a device to copy the ROMs, and then I was writing an emulator to play them, one that I thought would be a little bit faster, uh, a little bit nicer. I wanted to do one in Windows. Uh, Massage was in DOS, and things were kind of transitioning to Windows at that time. So I wanted to do some Windows programming and learn that. Um, but anyway, so we were... We, didn't one girl even email you after you dumped a particular game and said she was going to have your baby? Yeah, there might have been some weird stuff like that. Yeah, um, but I mean, you know. Yeah, but, people yeah. were pretty pretty excited about new ROM releases and new stuff like that. So Yeah. Um uh yeah, so we were we were messing around with the emulation and uh, I remember that there was a Genesis emulator and uh, it wasn't running very well on my computer. And it kind of got me, uh, got me in the in the you know, got me hooked into maybe playing some Genesis games, and so um, I thought, you know, maybe uh, maybe it's time to just get a Genesis. And this was what fall of nineteen ninety six now. So we had but, been maybe doing emulation for just a couple of months, right? Because I I think we started it in September, and by the end of October, I'm like, ah, forget the emulators. Let's let's get a real Genesis. And again, I was like, "What are you crazy? We don't need that. <laughs> that that was that's ancient history. We don't want a Genesis." And you know, probably within a few days, I'm like, "Okay, let's go buy a Genesis." Yeah. Well, I think well, we were making our usual rounds of aimless shopping at stores like Target and whatever, not yeah. really looking for anything. We happened to go buy the video game aisles, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I remember I wanted that game. Oh man, I, I didn't know there was a Shinobi three. Yeah. Oh, there's a what's this 32x thing? That that that's kind of cool. And I think yeah. again, it didn't take me very long to come around and say, "Oh yeah, all right, let's let's go do this." Yeah. Well, yeah, the 32x was 30 bucks, right? And we saw the the Space Harrier version which looked really sweet and it came with Virtua Fighter and I'm like, "Let's grab this Genesis. Let's grab this 32x." And so, in a in a weird way, uh, emulation actually turned us into, or had the reverse effect that everybody claims it does. We didn't stay with it. We actually went out and bought the legitimate hardware because it was going to be a better experience. And right? when did we go and buy that hardware? That was October of '96. Yeah, yeah. At so, like 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. And oh we had yeah. Get class to do it, and the guy in Waldensoft thought. I mean, he had a look on his face like we were idiots. Yeah. These guys are I buying the that. thing that's been here for probably six years. Yeah. And it was. That's right. They don't have jobs and they're not in school. What? what yeah. Know? It was 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. And we were bought. PlayStation was out at this time. 
and it was going for 200 bucks. And we said, nah, I'd rather, we're going to pay 130 and get a Genesis with a six pack. And that might've been overpriced, but it was that six pack that was really doing it. Cause that had some fantastic games on it. Oh, yeah. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, we, we went out on a Tuesday morning, bought a Genesis, bought a 32 X and that kind of, kind of reinvigorated our interest in, in Sega and in console gaming. Right. And I don't remember if we had the master system down at school at that time, but I imagine on our next trip home, we brought it down, uh, and added it to the, uh, TV next to the, uh, along with the Genesis. I seem to recall having two RF adapters chained together so that we could play them both on the same TV. God, that did sound- we really do that? Yeah. And then when we got the NES, we, we put three of them chained together. And it was a 13-inch TV, so we couldn't tell how, you know, crummy the, the picture was. But, um... No, nah, be fair, that was a 19-inch TV. Oh, it was 19? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, because 13 does seem a little small. Uh-huh. But, but, um... So, yeah, so we were, uh... We, we got back into, um... We got back into console gaming there and uh, started playing some of the uh, some of the old games, and we were buying some Genesis games, but um, that wasn't uh, that wasn't uh, it wasn't quite doing it right. We 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 wanted more, and um, one of the things we did actually before that was we had started. We decided that hey, you know what? There's the Master System. No one in the U.S. knows much about the Master System. We figured we knew as much as anybody about the Master System, right? Yeah, and again, I, the web yeah. was starting up. I mean, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but, like, I'm the best. I knew everything. <laughs> You're the best. So, but we had old magazines, right? Yeah, we did. All your old game pros. And, and they covered Master System. Yeah. And I had Sega Visions and stuff like that. So... And we were down at school where they were giving us web space, right? We could create our own web page. And, and that's what we did. We created, uh, you had actually invented this back in 1988 or 89. It was a spiral notebook you called the Sega Notebook. And it had all your notes. Oh, all your. God, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I hope your audience doesn't mind. I'm, I'm playing Golden Axe Beast Rider while we're talking. And I am getting my ass kicked. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that, well, at least it's Golden Axe, right? Yeah, I mean that's a good that's a good Sega game. That's but, uh, but an illusion. When you hold what? a dragon statue, use a dragon statue to continue. What are the rules on continuing? Yeah, well, let's talk. Yeah, well, let's talk about that because we were uh, we had the Sega notebook, right? You were recording your notes, your your things. We had win dates down there, right? And this is what yeah. started the notion of uh, the Q dog rules, right? Where we had rules about what you could count as a win. Cause if we were each going to count a certain date as being one, then we wanted to make sure we won them under the same conditions. Right. Same set of rule, not cheap either. Like, Oh, well I just continued 3 million times and won the game. Well, no, that's, that's not how that works. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and even into adulthood, I, I still wrote stuff like that down, like metal slug X for the PlayStation <laughs> three. I, yeah. No, uh, maybe that was PlayStation 1. I mean, I didn't win it legitimately, but I wrote down, uh, here's the date I won it, and I did it with only 39 continues, whereas you won it with 50 continues. So I'm just, you know, a little bit little bit better. Just a little better? Yeah. Yeah, so even, like, long into my 30s, <laughs> you know, I'm still trying to compete with you a little bit on... Keeping, yeah, <laughs> keeping dibs on how many continues. 
Yeah, I write that stuff down. I'm not as particular about that as I used to be because I've really there's just too much to play that I want to get through. But um, so we had taken, you know, we had taken all these notes and things that you had written down, and we transferred them to a web page yeah. that we called the Sega Notebook, right? The Sega Notebook. We first put that online at our university right before Christmas break, December of 1996. And we had notes and tips and tricks for 12 games on that first uh, publish or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. How did we get the word out? Did we did we email a few people that, that you'd been talking to on the emulation site? Or did we just leave it up there and... No, I think... I think we probably, you know, I was on my message boards. I think we probably told people about that. I think we probably, uh, at the time, I, if you remember, in the early days of the web, there was this notion of web rings where everybody linked to each other and oh yeah, provide all these. Oh, can I link to you? Can you link to me? It's like it's like friend requests now or something. Everybody wanted to link to each other. I do remember that web rings. Oh yeah, yeah. where you it would be like it would actually be in a line, right? You'd have a before and a next and you'd you go through it in a, in a ring or something but we yeah. did that and so you know it wasn't a big deal and we um we took advantage of the scanners that the uh the the computing labs at the university had and we'd scan the manuals and and yeah. and, and i remember going through it in paint right and cleaning up all the uh cleaning up all the images to to, to post them on to the uh you know for the instructions and i we created maps I remember spending a long time creating an artificial uh, Miracle Warriors map. And in fact, if you Google Miracle Warriors map, there's a GIF out there that is my original map from from 1996. If you go into Google Images, it'll be the one that I made. There's, I think there's two main ones now that show up a lot, but one of them is mine. All right. And I remember one of those Sega magazines had a really good picture of the console with the light gun phaser. Yeah, it. and you had gone into paint to clean up that image a little bit, and what did you do? You you it was redrew a, a a border and cleaned yeah. up the, the wire. There was and, a toy. Yeah, there was a Toys R Us ad, and in the bottom corner they had like an inset that had a bunch of games listed. And so, in order to make the picture, I had to take that inset out. But I don't know anything about Photoshop. I don't even know if Photoshop existed. So I went into paint and I copy and pasted sections and tried to smooth it. And if you look at it, it's, it's a mess, but on the old web pages, it looked fine. So yeah, I had to fake the corner and, and fake the, the rest of the cord for the light gun. And I think I actually cut the cord off the light gun. If you, you see that image now, the light gun looks like there's no cord coming out of it. I just cut it out entirely. But, um, but yeah, we created some assets for the web page and, and I remember somebody somebody lifted that that graphic and we knew it was yours because it had the cleanup. Yeah. Like, um and yeah, I did find your Miracle Warriors map here on Google. Yeah. It's, it's number four. Number four? I, yeah. What the hell? Oh, it should be number one. Anyway. Well, if um, it makes you feel any better, none of my dungeon maps. Oh no, there's one. <laughs> but it's like number forty or fifty. So right. anyway. Well, the Sega Notebook is still up. Yeah. We we originally had it on a site uh, based on our, our accounts down at, at school. But ultimately, um, I asked the folks over at SMS Power, um, which, is a, which is a fantastic website about the Master System. 
um, and uh, asked if we could just create a little small subsection called the Sega Notebook and dump all of our old uh, stuff there. And if you if you search for the Sega Notebook uh, and you find a link to one at the smspower.org, that's ours. And that's the way it was probably since, what, 2001, 2002 was the last time we worked on it? it I you. think probably the last time I worked on it was sometime in 2002, and I think we offloaded it in 2004. Yeah. I mean, by then, it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Uh, I got too much other stuff to do. Well, and Game Facts and a bunch of, which used to be called, before it was called Game Facts, it was called Game Sages or something. And before that, it was called Sega Sages. It was actually a Sega Hints page. Yeah. And uh, we couldn't compete with that, right? Everything that we wrote about was just from our personal notes and whatever we happened to pull out of GamePro. But we can't compete with the internet when it comes to the massive amount of information and experience people have. No, I mean, I would think the the one thing that we did better was the Sega Notebook had the game instruction manuals with the scanned graphics. Yeah. Um, and then there were a few things that we had better information on, right? A lot of those game facts pages were written by people who were playing it on the emulator and you know good for them uh better to have some fact than none but Mm -hmm. but some of them were you know maybe they spent a few weeks or a month on the game and then they moved on to the next one there were some of those game facts pages where we still had more information um i used to take pride in the fact that i would capture screenshots through the emulator and say right here this is what i'm talking about with this section this screen or this guy or Look here for the hidden treasure chest, things like that. Yeah. Um, which game facts back when it was text only couldn't really compete with that. Yeah. Uh, so we were better, I thought, on quality, but certainly with the 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 wiki or crowdsourcing approach they took, uh, you know, they they quickly beat us on on volume. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. But yeah, we we definitely yeah we definitely had some good in depth stuff there, and it's it's still there and. Obviously, if the searches are coming up with it, you know, you, there's there's the Miracle World over Miracle Warriors Overworld map. We've got the dungeon maps. We got scans of the instructions. Not all of them, you know. I got all of them now. Maybe I should maybe I should scan them into PDFs or something. And I'm sure they're out there. But it was a pretty good start for 1996, 1997. It was one of the, uh, I think, one of the. I don't know if it was first, but it was. It was it was a site that was out there that helped people with the, the master system, um, which we thought was somewhat obscure, only to learn, you know, as, as we broadened our, our view that it was very popular in Europe and very popular in Brazil. And uh, uh, but we, we, we contributed our bit to uh, to the web, uh, the early webs ver- uh, knowledge about the Sega master system. Yeah, we did. I mean, realizing that all these people were playing these games, that's what led us to believe well, maybe there's a. Maybe there's a demand for some of this information. I mean, we knew some of those games like the back of our hands. Zillion, yeah. Alex Kidd, Miracle Warriors. Yeah. Uh, Miracle uh, Miracle Warriors, Golvelius. I mean, we knew just about everything there was to know about those games. Yeah. I remember a- being surprised when we saw somebody else who put up a Wonder Boy 3 page, and he, he had a secret on there that we didn't know about. And it's like, no, we would have known about that. Let, let's try this. And it turned out, like, oh, wow, this thing that this guy said actually worked. And I, right. I can remember we hassled each other a little bit. Like, well, where were you on that one? Why didn't you know about that? 
what I got to do everything around here? Uh, well, even, you know, but that's the way it goes. I think it was you and our other brother who mostly discovered stuff in Wonder Boy or how to beat Alex Kidd. That was another one where, you know, you guys would say, oh, yeah, we tried this new thing where if you pop this box, if you break this box with the ghost and then get away really quickly, you can get an extra free guy before the end of the level. And I'm like, okay, well, and we started using those yeah. strategies and we documented them, right? We put them in yeah, there. Yeah, we did. We did. Some of those were good discoveries, but yeah. uh, that reminds me, I just celebrated my 30-year anniversary of winning Alex Kidd Miracle World. Yes, I think I did July, too. Uh, I think it was July 7th or July 9th. Yeah. 1989. I Mine was a, a day or two later. And didn't wasn't wasn't Govelius soon or Govelius was around uh I think for me it was June nineteenth, nineteen eighty nine. And okay. I think I won Shinobi the next day. Yeah. Or, Shinobi, uh, Govelius. I might have the order reversed. I won yeah. them one day apart and uh they were nineteen eighty nine in June and we were borrowing them from from our uh, friend, our friend, we had spellcaster. Yeah. And then three weeks later, or four weeks later, we won Alex Kid. Yeah. Is that is that how yeah, that works? I mean, it made sense. While we're borrowing a game from somebody, we we spend our time on that because I mean, we know he we was got probably it. borrowing Alex Kid at the time. Oh, that could be that. He, that makes he, sense. Yeah, he never had that, and I remember he wanted to borrow it. So probably we we swapped games. The summer was it was the summer. Uh, we uh, were out of school and we decided hey, let's swap some games. And uh, while he was playing Alex Kidd, we couldn't beat it or practice it. So we, we worked on uh, beating the games that he lent us. And then when we got Alex Kidd back, we finished it up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I seem to remember the way to beat Shinobi was you can't ever die. Yeah, don't die. To that mass ninja, you need the chain and the bullets. and Yeah. But if you can pull it off, it's... You know, know, it's funny because now I'm seeing things online where people are talking about how they, I think it's called one CC'd, which I think, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but I think it means they only like they, they one lifed it or they one, one continued it. They didn't, they didn't use any continues. And I'm like, well, okay, but that's been Q dog rules for 30 years. I mean, that's how we, we always played our games was (laughs) you got to get through it on one life or just the three lives you start the game with or, you know, that you earn, you, you don't get to do continues, yeah. but now people are, are looking at it as a challenge to do. So uh, that's interesting. You know, people yeah. are always trying to figure out ways to. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're saying that we've been vindicated, I'll take it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm the rest right. of the world has finally caught up to us. Yeah. You know, that, that sounds about right. Okay. Okay. So, uh, there is one, um, so this was in, uh, we, we did the, the Sega Notebook in 96, 97. We continued it, obviously, through 2002, as we mentioned before. But there was one kind of big thing that, uh, that was still going on in emulation. Uh, it was the holy grail of Master System games. And uh, it hadn't been released in 1996. And it might have been the thing that was prompting me to maybe make my own cartridge dumper, even though I didn't have the cartridge. And that was, of course, the classic Fantasy Star, right? And at some point in early 1997, uh, it says here, uh, maybe it was on April, maybe it was right around the time that I got my cartridge dumper to work, Fantasy Star was, in fact, dumped onto the internet, right? Yes. And we had been dying to play this game. I had been dying to play it for eight years, ever since I heard about it in 1988. Yeah, yeah. And I seem to remember it was right around the time you were building and starting to use your 
device. Yeah. Uh, so somebody beat you to it. Yeah. But uh, I seem to remember we we lost at least a day's progress on further Sega notebook, further uh, cartridge copying, and further studying and doing actual university work because we just each played Fantasy Star for like five or six hours that that night on an emulator, right on the on the PC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember my chair not being too comfortable at my desk. And I'm thinking, you know, and this this is extended to today. I'm still like this today. I said, I don't want to sit in this chair and play this game. I got to relax. I got to recline. So uh, I I pulled the keyboard down onto the floor and I set up a little camp where I could lay on the floor and lean and look up at the, uh, I pulled the computer monitor towards the edge of the desk and tilted it down a little bit maybe so I could see it. And I laid on the floor playing Fantasy Star. And you were in the other room playing, right? And you came out. I was sitting in my desk chair like a chump. (laughs) And I came out to go to the fridge to get a Mountain Dew. And I see you with, you got your blankets on the ground. You got your triangle pillow, so you're propped up. So you didn't have to expend any energy or brain power to like sit up or maintain any kind of posture. And I'm like, man, I just, I can't run in the same league with this guy. Cause he's just, why didn't I think of that? All right. So yes, it's a testament to my laziness, but, uh, but that well, was a, that was a heck of a day, right? That was a heck of a time. Uh, finally getting to experience fantasy star. We did it on an emulator. Uh, for a little while but it was also around this time maybe we had thought you know what i'm sick of being reliant on the emulators they don't work so well uh maybe the 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 roms aren't always available we thought maybe we should start to acquire some actual cartridges again right and so um i don't know what i don't know how early this was how long we'd been looking i know we had probably Actually, my memory of it is that uh, I was in class and you had spent the afternoon calling a bunch of pawn shops. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know where we got the idea from pawn shops. Maybe online somebody suggested it as a place to go to find Master System games. Uh-huh. Like they, they weren't at the stores anymore. But no. yeah, I, I called around to a bunch of them and they all said, I don't know what you're talking about or no, we don't have anything like that. And finally, one said you're in luck i have a bunch and i said really are you sure they're they're sega master system games and he's like oh yeah i I have some yeah okay i will see you shortly yeah and 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 this pawn shop happened to be not across town not two towns over it was like three blocks away from our apartment where we had already been living for uh a year and a half yeah so yeah. And, and actually it was probably three blocks away from your apartment that you'd lived in the year before the year before just a block or two away so you had been living in close proximity to these games for almost four years yeah presuming they had yeah presuming they had actually been sitting there i don't know maybe they were traded in recently but but uh but it was a pretty big score. Now we said originally that we had thirteen games coming out of the coming into the nineties, right? And this particular score, which we call Pawn Shop Day, yeah, was a precursor to Rick V Day. But what did we get? Something like what? Do you remember? I think by the time we came out of there, we had something like twenty nine unique games. And we didn't we get a system or two? 
Um, we did. We ended up with two extra SMS consoles. And what? Um, at least one extra light gun, I think. Yeah. And we ended yeah. up with a copy of Missile Defense 3D, but no 3D glasses. Which That's right. We thought was odd, but you know, maybe somebody else saw the glasses and bought them at some other time in the past and didn't care about Missile Defense 3D because, you know, they already had it or something. Yeah. Except uh, that did, I mean, except we did think that that was strange, that Missile Defense 3D was there and that the glasses weren't. So we went back to the pawn shop. Uh, yeah, a, a few days or a few weeks later, we went back thinking, you know, that is weird. Let's just go back and take another look. And then it turned out they did have a pair of 3D glasses. Um, I don't remember. Did it have the box? No, I don't think so. I, I think, think you it, got the box at a later date. I think it was at the time. They just didn't realize that those glasses went with the Sega system. Maybe yeah. They were. Because we told them we'd take everything. Yeah. They told us, we said, we'll take everything. What do you want for it? I don't remember the exact price. Was it around 80 bucks? It was 80 bucks. And we took everything except we got back to the apartment. We were ecstatic. There was so much great stuff. And then we noted, hey, wait a minute. There's a light phaser here. There's a system here. There's a missile defense 3D. Maybe there are glasses over there. And so we did go back and they did have glasses and we bought them. And I don't remember what we paid for them. We bought them and a few other things like maybe Xanax for the NES. We bought a few other little trifling things, but that time we didn't get such a good deal. No. It was 40 bucks the second time. Yeah. So the first time we felt like we got a pretty good deal, and the second time we felt like we got ripped off. But, you know, 3D glasses, come on. 3D glasses. And I remember seeing a Turbo Graphics there. Yeah. And thinking, I should get one of those. But I guess we were, we were college kids. We didn't have a ton of disposable money, so we focused on the Master System. But that was sort of, that was sort of the first big big haul right i mean we looking back at my recent experiences uh with uh pawn shops and thrifting that was a that was pretty remarkable actually uh i i don't see stuff like that uh and maybe i'm maybe i'm applying a date bias to it maybe in 1996 that wouldn't have been that that odd to see that kind of stuff but getting a big haul like that uh most of the time you just see sports games uh at these uh, pawn shops or whatever, so uh, or thrift stops, but I think it was a pretty remarkable haul, and and it started, it, it got us hooked, right? On yeah. hey, this is a thing. We we can we can actually go find these old Master System games. They are around, uh, and we started looking at pawn shops. I don't think we ever went to Goodwill or anything like that, but we did start looking at pawn shops all over the place, and we never found uh, we never found another uh, a bundle like that. But but you had some friends that had some stuff, right? And once they knew we were collecting again, they they sold us some stuff or traded us some stuff, right? Yeah. So before that, uh, in late 96, we had picked up a few one-off or single titles. Um, we got Golvelius from somewhere and we got- Some guy off the internet, yeah. We got Afterburner from one of my friends, one of the guys we used to go to Denny's with all the time. Yeah. Who, who was always playing Quake back then. Quake. So he didn't care about Master System anymore. He's like, you, yeah. you guys, you guys want it after burner for the yeah. Okay, here, here you go. Here you go. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. He's, he was too busy playing Quake online and thought we were primitive and stupid. But uh, of course, he was wrong. Uh, 
but so. uh but yeah so we had picked up a few single titles here and there but pawn shop day was you know that was that was a big deal and then we celebrated that with some little caesars which of course is what you do yeah you get you get some pieces and we did we did what i still do to this day we brought the stuff home we ate dinner watching tv and we cleaned the stuff and tested it out yeah and that was that was an exciting few weeks right where there were all these games that we had seen on the poster you know those little posters that came with the system we had seen um only a couple come to mind like uh kid what was the one ninja kid what's it called kung fu kid kung fu kid kung fu kid i remember you playing that right and yeah. maybe black belt and astro warrior and uh do we get super tennis? There are some of those games now, just hearing their music just yeah. reminds me of that time. The brand new, like, I mean, we had grown up playing Master System, but these had that Master System sound, but they were they were new games to us. It, it really left an impression. Um, so, yeah, so the next few days and weeks, we spent a lot of time exploring these games and trying them out. And, you know, in retrospect, most of them kind of sucked. Yeah. Like, I was excited. Oh, we're finally going to see Transbot. You fly around, you're a ship that can turn into a robot, and that sounds awesome. And then we played it, and it's like, this game sucks. <laughs> and then Cyborg you know, Hunter. Oh, Cyborg Hunter. Man, that came in a black case. I wanted to see that game since the late 80s. And then I played it, and it's like, oh, this game is okay, I guess. But I'd be pissed if I spent 30 bucks on it um thunderblade another one i remember seeing that in the arcade and thinking man we finally got thunderblade and it's basically unplayable the the master system version so there were a few that were good we got ease um oh yeah we got ease yeah i don't remember what else i think we got gangster town and at pawn shop day um maybe i don't have my maybe. spreadsheet open the rescue mission was another one so we got a few oh, that yeah by far, most of them were underwhelming or downright crappy. Yeah. Um, some games I played, like Super Tennis, fine. I played that for a few days. Kung Fu Kid, played through it, won it legitimately, and then never touched it again. Yeah. Um, but but for the most part, you know, we had this, like, rush of excitement getting this huge score. Um, but none of the games were that good. So when Rick V Day came around and we got a bunch of games again and a lot of them were awesome, that was really like our that's why Rick V Day means so much still. It's yeah. not just that we got a huge haul, it's that it was a haul of awesome stuff, including yeah. Fantasy Star. Including Fantasy Star, which was the thing that motivated us. Um I know we've talked about this before, but why don't you tell us again? You know, you you gave the guy a. You, what did you figure about this? He had advertised this bundle, right, including Fantasy Star, on some message board or some something. I don't even know what message board or maybe it was a group email, but yeah, he listed out all these games that he had, and people were responding saying, "I'll give you, you know, X for Fantasy Star." Oh, how much for Fantasy Star? I just want Fantasy Star, and I thought. You know, if I just make the guy a, a, a much larger offer for the whole bundle, he'll take it like that. Because he doesn't want to try to sell Fantasy Star and then a bunch of other games. 
So I yeah. made what I thought at the time was a pretty extravagant offer, $120 for something like <laughs> 70 games. Yeah. And I thought, man, I, I really shouldn't offer this much. But he took it. I mean, the guy, he accepted it right away. Yeah. Um, and it cost me an extra 20 bucks to get a money order. Or maybe part of that was for the shipping that we were paying. Yeah. But the total cost was around $140. So it averaged about $2 a game. Yeah. And we got stuff that was awesome. I mean, stuff that we had heard of and always wanted, like uh, Space Harrier 3D. Yep. Uh, Rastan. Yep. Time Soldiers. Yep. Uh, stuff that we'd never heard of before. Like, uh, I think, well, at least I hadn't. Cloudmaster didn't ring a bell to me. Okay. But, uh, uh, Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion, I remember thinking, oh, my God, that sounds stupid. And it turned out to be one of the best games for that console. I yeah, think. that's but, right. But, um, you know, Poseidon Wars came in that group. Um, we got a bunch of the 3D games, almost all of them. I think I by think the end of that, we may have had all of the U.S. releases. Yeah. And didn't it come with 3D glasses, too? I mean, did he send us some hardware? I think he did have a set of 3D glasses in that yeah. bundle. So we got 3D glasses. We got all the 3D games. We were super excited about Space Area 3D. Another one that I know that we talked about, I think, last year, uh, Golden Axe Warrior. One oh. that was a game that was purely, we thought, was theoretical. We, did, we, didn't, we didn't know anything about this. We, no one could tell us or prove that this game actually existed. I don't think the ROM had been dumped. No, there were rumors of a Golden Axe Warrior game, and it's like, yeah, but these people on the internet talk all kinds of craziness. <laughs> but, um, Even back then. Yeah, but but yeah, we we got a copy from Rick V. Yep. Like, oh man, I remember. Well, we didn't have texting back in '97. I don't remember how you got a hold of me, but I was at work. I think when the yeah. When the, it came and it's like, oh man, when I get home. That's right. And I remember. It was that. like a Thursday or Friday. So there was a weekend coming up too. Yep. And I thought, I'm going to have a few days off work and we were really going to go to town on these Sega games. That was that was unbelievable. I was so excited when that package arrived. A big, giant box, 70 Master System games, so much to explore, all kinds of stuff. Games that we'd wanted for years, like R Type and Shinobi. Uh, and, and, you know, that we'd played games that we hadn't played before, but, uh, it was all, um, you know, it all came about because, uh, you know, we started by looking at emulation, right. And, and, uh, wanting to experience things authentically and, and getting into the consoles again. And, uh, and it kind of just snowballed right from, from a PC game to, to emulation, to, uh, the genuine console to then, and then buying, uh, buying back the cartridges yeah and i think for me it was part of a process too because growing up i was always very thrifty i never wanted to buy master system games with my own money that's right i never wanted to buy pc games i mean for me it was a real growth experience to buy my own copy of dark forces on cd for 30 dollars like i yeah, I, I remember that, that was the first pc game i ever bought spending 30 dollars on something that was unheard of I was so, blown away when you did that. For me, like the fact that we bought that that Genesis in '96, yeah, and we bought the 32X with it, and we spent, you know, maybe 130, 160 dollars that day. That was, you know, for me at the time, 
almost a heart-stopping moment of, I can't believe we're spending this money. And then a few months later, pawn shop day, where we spent $80 and then $40. You know what I mean? If we hadn't had, if we hadn't have done those things first, I would not have been at a point in my life where I could offer a guy $120 for 70 Master System games. Well, I'm glad <laughs> you did, because uh, it, it represents the bulk of my collection, uh, which is now complete. And, uh, and uh, we really, really got to experience some good stuff. And uh, those games are worth quite a bit more than uh, $120 now. Um, just a few, just a handful of them would be, would, would, would easily fill that out. And I wanted to comment too. You went from, uh, October (laughs) of 96, uh, me trying to convince you to go halvesies on a Genesis 32 X to by early 1998, you walking into a store and, uh, you want to tell the story about what what we did. There were two kids. I'll, I'll set it up. There were two kids at us. We were at a store, a, a big store, Meyer, right? Yeah. And there were two kids looking at some PlayStation games. And then you come strutting up. What happened? <laughs> well, I don't know. I must have been temporarily insane. But there was an employee waiting because the games were in the locked case. He was waiting for these kids who were counting up their money. And, you know, they were trying to figure out if they could buy a game. And I said, uh, yeah, give me a copy of uh, Ray Storm here. And give me a copy of Alundra. And uh, I'm also going to need a PlayStation to go with that. <laughs> and these kids just had this look of shock and disbelief. Yeah. Like, like they'd never seen anything. So whoa. I think I heard one of them say, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me the games. And yeah, I better get the system, too, while I'm here. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that, that was definitely the... Uh, you had definitely... Uh, changed a bit in your uh, spending habits and uh, and then by the end of 98 or maybe early 99 i was actually i don't remember exactly when it was but yeah it couldn't have been later than 99 i was bidding 200 dollars on ebay for a single sms game that's so right i definitely went from one extreme to the other there yeah i actually yeah. have you to thank for a number of my import games because you were buying them online uh and then uh, i ended up with them I, I think Outrun 3D and Power Strike 2, I each paid over $140. Yeah. Well, over $200 for one of them. I don't remember about Outrun 3D, but I think now if you you're, you you got a pretty okay price on Power Strike 2. Okay. By, I mean, the game is worth more than you paid for. I remember. I, I don't know the date and figures exactly. At least, so both of those were games that were like, again, rumored to exist, but nobody could prove it. Yeah. Until eBay. And then I remember one of them, the bidding was furious on one and I let it go. I didn't, I didn't win it. I didn't go that high. And then it took months for another copy to appear. And I said, well, I'm never letting that go again. So I got nuts and bid up to over $200. I think on Outrun 3D. Wow. And then, um, you know, a few months after that, there was another one, another copy that went for like $35 or $40. No. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that. Or maybe it was Power Strike 2 that I bid an absurd amount and paid for it. And then the next auction of that same game went for a tiny fraction of what I paid. Oh, that sucks. What can you do? Yeah, and then I left it on that bookcase out in where it was exposed to sunlight, and then the spine label got faded. 
So I, power strength. I ruined yeah. the case on that one, unfortunately. Ah, it's all right. I'm happy to have it. I got it here safe and sound. So, so yeah, so that's sort of the life, the life cycle, I guess, of us moving from console to PC and then really getting back into the console. And then again, Rick V day was a huge thing. And that kept us going for another couple of years. You were buying stuff on eBay. I was still collecting games and, uh, it was a it was a good time, good good couple of years for the master system there. When everybody was paying attention to PlayStation, we were playing uh, we were playing master system games and getting a big old score. Yeah, and scooping up thirty two X games at uh, Toys R Us and Circuit City on discount. That's well. right, we were scooping up thirty two X games too. Unfortunately, Toys R Us never restocked Spider Man, which has become quite the collectible. Yeah, yeah. All right, that actually wraps up what we've got here for Rick V Day. Uh, anything else you wanna you wanna mention before we? Uh, you know what? Close I want to rewind like fifty minutes and go back to your cartridge copier device. The cartridge slot that you used. What was that component actually for? Uh, I mean, how was there something in an engineering store that was like so? built for reading pins off of an old card was that something left over from the early 80s or uh did people still use that kind of rom chip well in, it was in a, the mid to late 90s it was a standard it's called a card edge connector it was a standard 50 pin uh connector um and i don't know i guess it's kind of a a, a standard specification um and it happened to fit the master system cartridges. So, uh, you know, maybe it looked, maybe it was, you know, ISA, ISA slots on your old PC would have a similar form factor. They might not have been 50. They might have been, uh, I'm, I'm sure they were wider. The Genesis uses a 64 pin, pin one. I got lucky. You know, I, I counted up the pins on the master system and said, okay, there's 50 pins here. Let me go see if I can find a 50 pin card edge connector. And I got the ribbon cable to hook up to it. And I got a little breadboard and, uh, I guess it was a pretty standard component because it wasn't a special order or anything. I walked down into the supply shop and said, uh, this is what I'm looking for. And I think they actually had their inventory online. So I kind of knew going in and I think I used their inventory to help me sort of design how the thing was going to work. Cause I, I, there were some, I used 7,400, uh, series TTL logic and there, I had a book about it, but there were some components I didn't have. So I had to, you know, get different chips so that I could, you know, fake the components i needed or, or do something that i that i needed so um yeah i used their inventory to help me do that but i don't think the card edge thing was anything fancy and they had uh they had a device a ribbon cable that i could use to fashion a ribbon cable to plug into my parallel port they had the the right socket for the parallel port and and yeah those were the days when parallel ports were mostly unidirectional right they just had a few pins or bits for sending back error and status yeah data. I had to, I, the design was complicated by the fact that there were only five, uh, five pins that could be used for input and they were really supposed to be status pins, but I, uh, multiplexed the data across them so I could get, uh, the data in a little bit at a time through the five input pins and, uh, it added complexity, but only in the software, there, there was a little complexity in the hardware and software to, to deal with that. But yeah, I wasn't, I didn't, my computer didn't have a bi-directional parallel port. So, um. I had to fake it with the status signals. Anyway, 
the that's things we do for love. Yeah, it was it was all to help get those ROM images dumped, you know, because we had the cartridges and the ROM images uh, weren't available. And and uh, at the end of the day, there were a few of them out there that I, I'm responsible for dumping. And and uh, but by this time, you know, the guy doing SMS Power was was really into it. He wanted me to ship. You may recall he wanted me to ship my my unit to, to him, and I'm like, well, look, now this is like a prototype. I'm not shipping it to Europe, but he oh, uh, well, that he guy wanted, in France, right? Yeah, the guy in France. Yeah, yeah. When I was visiting there in 1997, he asked me to bring it with him, and it's like, I don't know how to use the software that it requires either, and you know, yeah. it probably wouldn't survive a flight and trip in luggage. No, he yeah. he's a big he's a he's a he's a game developer now. He, is he? He's, he's so, still, yeah. Is he the guy who took over the Sega Notebook then? Well, it's on that site. He's okay. actually, um, if I can, I guess I'll name drop it a little bit. He's actually one of the guys responsible for the re-release, the HD re-release of Wonder Boy 3. Really? Um, he was a big fan. I don't know if you recall. He was a big fan of that game back in those days. And yeah. I guess he was a big enough fan that when he became a professional game developer, he said, uh, I'm going to get together a crew and we're going we're gonna to make this the IHD. And so he did. Wow. So he's right. still around. I follow him on Twitter, but I don't I don't know if he knows who I am. But um remembers me from the old uh, Sega notebook days or SMS power days, but um oh, But right. yeah, anyway, he he started getting into dumping some stuff and he had a much better piece of a uh, piece of hardware, so he he ended up uh releasing a bunch of ROMs and stuff like that, but uh, there's a few out there from me. All right. A few out there. All right. Anyway, all right. Anything else? I would say uh, for those of you out there who are just starting to play the Ninja or Time Soldiers, visit <laughs> the Sega Notebook. You will not find a finer source of information about those games. About a few Master System games that we happen to play, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you know. And Castle of Illusion and Land of Illusion. Maybe Golvelius. Good recommendations, know. huh? Yeah. All right. Yeah. There's, there's, there, there. In spite of uh, the the number of uh, crummy uh, Master System games, there are actually quite a few gems too that are that are worth playing. And some of them, I think, you know, everybody's probably played Miracle Warriors by now. Everybody's probably played Golvelius. There could be other people who wrote decent guides for those games. Yeah. But you know, uh, the Ninja was pretty good, and Maze Hunter 3D was pretty good. And I wouldn't be surprised if nobody wrote guides about those games, except for me. Except for you. That's yeah. right. So, yeah, check it out. It's uh, smspower.org, I think, slash the Sega Notebook. Yeah. So, all right. That, I guess, or I think, should wrap up our Rick V. Day podcast for 2019. Gavin, thanks for uh, joining me today and uh, talking to us about your memories of uh, Rick V. Day and what led up to it. Well, thanks for hosting and thanks for organizing. Absolutely. And hopefully, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll do this again next year. Anyway, uh, happy Rick V Day. Happy Take Rick care. V Day. And go play some The Ninja. <laughs>